little bit. Obviously, we're going to focus more on the gift a little bit later, but it's worth laying a bit of the foundation as to what the office of the prophet is too. So, we read in Ephesians 4.11, we, we are called 4.12, which comes out of Ephesians 4.12, but let's just read Ephesians 4.11 to 13. So, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ, us, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure and fullness of Christ. Wow. So we need these fivefold gifts, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, to help us become mature and attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Just grapple with that for a second. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So prophets are one of the fivefold gifts that Jesus has given to the church for, to equip us to become more like him. And as, as Dave mentioned earlier, Josh Jen is part of 412, which is an apostolic team of these gifts who go into churches around the world um, to equip the body of Christ. And um, we've been privileged to be part of that. But usually when, when a church invites 412 in, we usually send in the apostles and prophets first. It's usually them that go in first, and I'll explain that um, in a little while. So, listen, prophet, a prophet is a gift. It's not a title. So we don't have Prophet Mervis, just as we don't have Apostle Andrew. We have Andrew, an apostle. Just as Paul wrote in, in his epistles, Paul, an apostle. Andrew, an apostle, Mervis, a prophet. They are people given to us as gifts. Um, in Ephesians 2, we read this. This is 19 through, verse, uh, through to verse 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens of God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. So as I was saying, apostles and prophets go into churches. They're fundamental for, for building the foundation of the church. Um, evangelists do a great job, but they get many people saved, but actually we need the apostles and prophets to build the foundations. Imagine a builder, and there's a few builders and architects amongst us, but imagine a builder building a house. He, he builds, he, firstly, he puts the foundations according to the architect's plan. But what if he started to build a fireplace in a bathroom? Or he fancied building 
a tower on that corner of the building because he quite likes towers and he's quite good at building them. But there was no foundation. Imagine what happens. It won't end well, will it? So similarly, if a church is not built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets, we will struggle. So how do they, well, we've looked at them. So, firstly we have the office of the prophet. We also have the gift of the spirit. The office office of the prophet is a gift from Jesus to the church. The, the, The gifts of the spirit are from the Holy Spirit. So let's read what Paul teaches us about these, some of these gifts. There's two good chunks um, of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 12. So I'm going to read those with or without the screen. Bear with me. Whoa. Hey! Glory be. I'm going to read from the screen because my version is slightly different. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit ever says Jesus is accursed. Just checking. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To teach, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each of us. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one is given through the the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between Spirits to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Okay, and then there's the next chunk in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 to 5. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. In other words, even more I want you all to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. Now note these these two portions of Scripture. One is 1 Corinthians 12, 
One was 1 Corinthians 14. What comes in between? The chapter of love. So all these gifts have to have love in the middle of them. Love for Jesus, love for his church, love for people. We cannot operate in these gifts if we do not have love. So, as I was reading, you will have seen many gifts there, but we're just going to focus on the gift of prophecy this morning. What is prophecy? What is the purpose of prophecy? Why, why, why prophesy? Well, in verse 3 of that last scripture, it says, But the one who prophesies speaks for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Let's just have a look at those briefly. Strengthening. Um, apologies to any Greek scholars here or Greeks amongst us, but it comes from the word oikidomi. I'll try to say that quickly. Oikidomi. To build into a home a linking of hearts, a sense of purpose, giving a role to play. That's what strengthening and edifying does for us. Remember, this is all based in love. Encouraging and exhorting is, is from the word paraklesis. Um, it's the same base word as is used for the Holy Spirit, which is parakletos. One who comes alongside, one who encourages. Um, in ancient Greece, when they were running marathons, they would have paraklesis. They'd have a paraklesis running alongside them at different points of the marathon, encouraging them. Come on, you can do this. Come on, a little bit faster. You can win this. Come on, come on. Encouraging them all the way. Paraclesis. It's it's seeing what people can do and calling out more. Calling out the gold in people. I see this in you. God wants to do this for you. It's, It's just tuning in to Jesus. God is always speaking. And he wants to speak to each of us. Comfort is from the word paramution. To speak tenderly. To show the heart and the love of God. Taking people out of a place of fear into a place of fearlessness and freedom. Being patient and loving with each other. Sharing the character of God that they may need to hear at this time where they're at. Revelation 19.10 says this. tells us that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Prophecy always points people to Jesus. It never brings fear. It shouldn't bring negativity. It shouldn't cast doubt. It always points people to Jesus and increases their love and revelation of him. So that's some of the scriptural basis of it. And now Lizzie's going to help us with how we do it. Get ready. Um, so we, we, we live with this tension, really, that we're demystifying um, the word of God, and yet we take this soberly. It, you know, that, that kind of tension of, it's, this is easy, but this is also God speaking. 
And, and God speaks in different ways. And I think often we are probably hearing God, but we don't know we are. So um, if you don't know, we have three children. Uh, they all live in London. And we have a family WhatsApp. They're all quite random. I blame him. Uh, but on our family WhatsApp group, there's poems, songs, pictures, ideas, you know, whatever. Because each one is, is communicating to us and to each other. Why? Because they want to hear us. They want to communicate to us and we want to communicate to them. And that's how God speaks to us and through us. Because we're all wired very differently. And it's not, this is how God speaks. This is a rigid thing. He speaks in different ways. Because he wants um, a relationship with us. And he wants to speak to us about his nature and character and then use us to tell his nature and character to others, not just here, but way beyond us. And um, it is, um, like Andrew said, talking that preferable future, putting color in the gray of people's life, being a purveyor of hope, buckets of hope. Um, Debbie Turner sent me a... Um, an encouragement, she's such an encouragement. Where is she? Somewhere here. Oh, there you are. <clears throat> um, from Ezekiel 47 this morning, it's about the river coming from the throne of God, and it brings life. Everywhere it goes, it turns the salt water fresh. It has fish in it all the time. That's who we can be. And, and God wants us to use us like that. Uh, Lisa Little, um, I asked, she's not here, unfortunately, but she's got so many stories. Talk to her about how God has um, spoke to her about people she's randomly walking down the road past, stopping, sharing that word, and often them giving their lives to the Lord. So she's a great person to talk to. Um, she's got many stories. I'm just going to talk a little bit about different ways God speaks. And I'm going to talk about a hearer, sorry, a seer, a hearer, a feeler, and a perceiver. Um, it just may help you think, yes, I do hear God. I just thought everybody thought that. So, <clears throat> and many of you are all of, all, of, all of the four. So a seer is often what you may be um, looking at somebody and you notice, Leah, she's wearing yellow. I notice. So I kind of asked the Lord, why have I noticed that she's wearing yellow? And we're in a we're in a, um, <clears throat> uh, a home group in the Netherlands last year, and this chap came in and he was wearing a bright yellow shirt. I mean, obviously. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to give that a second look and think, why have I particularly noticed that? And then I noticed I asked his name, and his name is Renier, and I thought of um, Prince Renier of M Monaco. And I felt God say to me, God is telling you that you're a reluctant. I mean, I, I wonder if you are a reluctant leader. But God wants to highlight you. And he wants you to take on board the fact that you're royalty and move you into more leadership. There's more on your shoulders. And um, the people leading the church, Peter and Ephia, said yes. They were encouraging him to move in to take more leadership. Why did I think that? <clears throat> it's because I noticed him. He stood out to me. So there may be times where you just notice and you think, why have I noticed? 
Take a second look and ask God, why have I noticed this? Um, dreams. Um, ask God to open up your dream life. I love dreams because I haven't thought this through. You know, I just wake up. And if, if you know, well, how do you know it's from God? Often I wake up and it's so clear. It's so powerful. I just think that must be from the Lord. For example, um, uh, I dreamt our middle son was making some sort of financial decision. And I had a dream that he and I were leaving a, a, an unbuilt house. We were kind of, and we were rushing out of it. And I came down these kind of steps that was the sort of externally. And he decided he'd short circuit this and he'd jump from the top of the steps into a skip that had some, um, yeah, you know, a skip, yeah? Yeah, with cardboard in. But the cardboard didn't hold his weight and he went through to muddy water. And I just thought, I phoned him up and I said, Christopher, um, I think you're trying to short circuit. I think this is too, too much of a quick fix. And he was going to make a financial decision, which would have been a quick fix and would have, he, he would have ended up, it wouldn't have been a good decision. It was a strategic thing. He said, okay, yeah, and I, he didn't do it. That was a you know, that, that was just, yeah, but it is amazing, but God wants to do that for us. So ask God to open up your dream life. Um, recently in counseling, I had a dream for this person. Um, he was holding a dead baby, and he was saying um, they wouldn't let people take it because he, 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 he was convinced it was still alive. And I, I felt that he needed to let go of something that had died and, and, and release it. And I, I kind of held the dream for a couple of weeks, and then I shared it with him. And initially, okay, he didn't really sort of receive it. The next day, he said God had spoken to him so clearly that he needed to release this thing that he had held on to. And he so just hold, sometimes hold the dreams, but also action them and share them with people. They're very powerful. A hearer. Sometimes you hear a word and you just think God speaks to you. Sometimes you hear God in your head. <laughs> sometimes it's a random thought that comes to you. If we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that random thought is pretty much often the Holy Spirit. Often I'll wake up in the morning and somebody will be on my mind. I will immediately message them or pray for them. When you're driving, somebody comes to mind. It's often the Holy Spirit. Um, just ask the Lord, okay, why am I thinking about this person? Do you have a word for them? It, it, when we are flowing like this and we recognize that, we don't just think, oh, that was, that was odd. Is it odd? Maybe God's speaking, and we didn't really realize, because he's always wanting to speak. A feeler. Sometimes we have a feeling, an impression. We meet somebody, and we just think, oh, I can feel that pain. We didn't know anything about them. We feel the pain. That is God speaking. Then we ask the Lord, what shall I do with that? Do we ask them a question? Do we pray for them? Would, do you want to say anything more? Sometimes we physically feel that pain. We, you know, we have a, we're praying for somebody or we see somebody and there's suddenly a pain in our shoulder. Do you have a pain in your shoulder? Yes. Okay, can I pray for you? 
sometimes um, we have a feeling that's contrary to the situation. Don't be put off by that. So we were praying for um, a dedication of this child. He'd had a little girl. He basically cried for three months. Very difficult for the parents. I think she had colic or earache or something. And my word was harmony. And then we went, you know, like, really? And actually, in the end, um, she, um, that was my impression and that was my feeling. And in the end, she has become a very hum, hum. Thank you. All I'm saying is, if we walk by the Spirit and God is speaking, we just need to tune in. And those little things in our heads or our feelings, um, we need to obey. Smith Wigglesworth said, at the slightest whisper of the Holy Spirit, I turn aside to obey. And so step out sometimes. And we don't need to go... This is the word of God. We can just ask a question. That's something more, sometimes more prophetic than, uh, you know, I've got a word for you. I could say to Rianne, have you ever thought of? Or I'm wondering, do you? And that will open up. And that will be just as prophetic as the word. Does that make sense? If it doesn't make sense, put your hands up, please. <clears throat> okay, then lastly, the perceiver. And this is the person who doesn't think they're prophetic. Who doesn't? It, this is the person who may be the last person standing when everybody else is kind of, you know, lying on the floor, struck by the Holy Spirit. The last person standing doesn't mean to say they are no less full of the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit. It's often tied in with a gift of discernment. So they perceive things in people. Um, the demonic or anointing. Often I'll meet people and I'll just know there's leadership, there's, there's an anointing on them. Being able to read a person. Um, I'm my, one of my younger sister lives in California <clears throat> and I met her bosses and I said to her, they're going to give you trouble. Th- th- there's going to be issues here in this relationship. And true, true enough, there was. So again, we're not judgy judgy we don't use this to be judgmental but often we pick up stuff in people ask the holy spirit what to do with that or we bring an opposite spirit or we pray for them sometimes it's a gut feeling a gut feeling a sense of discord go with it does this make sense okay so so that's kind of just to stir that up we're do, I mean, we're known as a prophetic people, but we all need to be stirred up. I need to be stirred up. I need to ask God to, to give me more dreams. We all need to be um, stirring each other up um, all the time. So, um, and we often operate in all these different areas in different ways. But now we're going to do an activation. We're going to do a couple of activations. Do not be worried. It's simple. And um, as Andrew said, if we... If prophecy is for comfort, edification, and um, comfort, encouragement, com- comfort, encouragement, and edification, we can't go wrong, can we? I'm going to, after this, I'm just going to give a few guidelines. 
But this time, um, do you want to just organize? Okay, so we want you to find a pair, a person, so into pairs, not people you know necessarily, and just quietly ask the Lord for one or two words. We're not going into, you know, paragraphs of prophecy here. One word or two words for this person. Just quietly stand next to them and then ask the Lord how he can use that, that, that person with those words. For example, I think I, somewhere, and somebody had a word for me, nations and ladies. And he just said, I feel God is going to use you in the nations and in, in ministry to ladies. It's simple, isn't it? So it might be one word. But, you know, one word can break things open. It doesn't have to be this whole long thing. Okay, so find somebody you don't know so well. In other words, not your partner or girlfriend, boyfriend or whatever. And we've got, we've got, five, uh, got a few minutes to do this. Turn to someone on your left or right. One word. Trust the Lord. Quickly now. Ask the Holy Spirit. He's always speaking.
One more minute. One more minute. Okay, you all start drawing to a close, please. We have more. Find your seats. Please find your seats. that did you get words were they accurate well done okay i'm i'm going to give you a few guidelines that help us to receive and give prophecy so the first one is as andrew said it's 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 completely bathed in love it's we do it because we love we love uh, people we love god so that's the most important thing. If we don't love people, we shouldn't be um, doing anything. <laughs> we, yeah. I just actually wanted to say, oh gosh, how much I love being part of this congregation. The last couple of um, times of worship, I've just been in worship just thinking, I'm so grateful we're part of you. And what we have together is incredible. It really is incredible. Anyway, there we are, just a little sideline there. I love, we love you guys, and we're so grateful to, to be part of this. And, you know, we shouldn't take this lightly. We're an expression of God together, the diversity of what we represent. This is God's church, and it's a wonderful thing to be part of. Right, moving on. Um, we point them to Jesus, which Andrew's already talked about. And that's why asking a question rather than saying, I've got a word, is, is more their owning it and their relationship and connection with Jesus. So have you thought about this rather than, I think, God saying this? Just gives them an ownership and, and a greater connection. Uh, we deliver it. Yeah, we are the messengers. <clears throat> we deliver it and leave it. Whether it's in a meeting where the elders leading the meeting, you deliver it and leave it. Sometimes the elder will use it without, without you saying it, which is absolutely fine. We're just messengers. Um, our youngest son is in film, so, which is, I'm saying this because at 10 o'clock I phoned him and he was still in bed. That's, <clears throat> you know, all to do with the creative world, perhaps. And, but I had a dream. You know um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? 
you know, um, Charlie Bucket found his golden ticket. And I, I don't know, I think it was a dream. Um, but I, said, I phoned him, I went, David! I went, hello, mom. I, I've had a dream, and I feel God's telling you, telling uh, you that he's going to give you a golden ticket, and this will open up prestigious institutions to you. And, right. Thanks, mum. Bye. <laughs> and went back to sleep. But I delivered it. And actually, he's referred to it, and I think God has, actually, in many ways. Um, and he's often said, maybe this is my golden ticket. But the point is, I delivered it, regardless of how it was received. They are quite used to me doing things like this. Um, yes, um, what else have I got here? Accountability. That's often why it's get helpful to record prophetic words, obviously for us to go back to, but also for them to say, can I just share this with my leader or my elder? What do you think? We've got to weigh these things. We, we're not always right. And, and, and it talks about prophecy being weighed. So um, allow them to receive it or not receive it. Let's be accountable. And obviously, as I say, if we're talking about a Sunday meeting, prophecy is always weighed in, within the meeting by the eldership. Yeah. Uh, no mates, dates, or babies. Very, a lot of damage has been done by people bringing a very strong prophetic word about your future, about your partner, about, and, and actually that, that is very damaging. If you feel that you're in a situation and it is a bit of a directive word, talk to the leaders, talk to the elders and say, I've got this word, I don't know what to do with it, what do you think? Should I bring it, should I not bring it? They will know much more about, yeah, this is, this, is, this is good. This is God speaking to this person about this. Bring it. Or they'll say, no, this is not the right time. But um, be very, very careful about being, bringing directional words. Grow in sensitivity. Um, <clears throat> yeah, don't despise the day of small beginnings. It may be the one word that you've just shared with somebody. So I, I was in a, a meeting with... Um, years ago, um, with some uh, elders' wives from the Benoni Church. And I, all I had for this lady was her hands. I kept looking at her hands, and I was thinking, what am I going to do with this? Hands. And as I started talking, I said, I've noticed your hands. And as I started talking, I felt God talk to me about, I said, there's going to be oil running from your hands, dripping from your hands, I can see. It. And she said, there's been two prophetic words about oil in my hands and everywhere I go. But at the time, I just had this light hands. So step out sometimes. Or, as I say, it may be one word that, um, that breaks it open for people. Uh, be normal. Do not talk in a religious way. Thus says the Lord. Or language or shout. It's, God speaks to us normally. We speak, you know, let's not, please, let's not be religious. Um, only share what God tells you to share that's really important um, because sometimes we only have one word and we just think oh I'll just add a bit more because it's not very good you know? and, and as we waffle we lose the, the cutting edge of what God has said so just be obedient and be humble enough to say I've just got two words you know God's going to set you free 
and, and leave it like that, and that will, be, that will be enough. That's being obedient. And um, <clears throat> I'm just going to also say the right time. I remember was, I was in a meeting years ago, and somebody shared a prophetic word. <clears throat> and I said to the elder leading the meeting, I, I'm not sure about that. What do you think? And he said, it's, um, it's like a tart apple. It's been picked off the tree too early. So it, it was a word, but it needed maturing. And often we get a word. I'm going to share it. I've got a word from God. I'm going to share it now. Sometimes just ask the Lord. Maybe we just need to ponder this. Maybe we need to find a scripture that backs up the word that will bring a maturity to the word, a depth, a weight that wouldn't, we wouldn't have had if it was just like this one word. So even you know, in a meeting, it may not be, I, you know, I had a word, but maybe God, you're waiting, you want me to, to sort of ponder this. Or even with others, we see people and we just think, I think God's speaking to them, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait on God and ask for more. Um, and also in that is um, don't give your own interpretation. That's also quite an easy thing to do, you know, because you think you know. But actually, <clears throat> you know, we all have different interpretations that means differently. So if I was to talk about a dog, I love dogs. Um, but if somebody's been bitten by a dog, that would not seem the same. So you're, you know, I'm, I'm, God says he's going to bring you a dog and it, you know, it's going to be so great. But actually, <clears throat> that might not be the same for them. So be careful not to bring your own interpretation because remember, <clears throat> we're connecting people back to Jesus, not our gift and our interpretation and the way we think it should be. Uh, this might be helpful for some. It's on the no mates, dates, and babies. Um, and I just felt God keep stirring me to share it. But what I, I was saved for four months. And we were at a big conference in Bloemfontein, and the lady was praying for me, and she said, and I feel like your wife is just around the corner. And that corner ended up being t a 10-year <laughs> <laughs> bend. But it was, I, was new, I was newly saved, and it seems like a very simple little th encouraging thing, but it ended up really almost derailing me because then I was like, oh, wow, where's my wife? Yeah, where's my wife? Where's my? You know, I ended up living like this for a very long time. And I took, that thing had to just keep dying. So even though it was a, such a simple little soft word that, you know, might seem encouraging, it was actually not great. Thanks. That's really helpful. Um, and then I, I talked about being submitted to eldership. and. Um, you know, when we go into churches as well, if, if God gives me a word for the church, or for, obviously I submit it to whoever's leading the church. In a meeting, we always submit prophetic word. But if we had maybe anything else for other people, you know, it, we can't, you know, the, the everydayness we can't do. But if there's a weighty word, obviously we're going to submit it to the people, the men, the, the elders who, who direct the affairs of the church, the, who to give doct um, uh, discipline, doctrine, and <clears throat> direction. And then finally, <clears throat> we're a team. And I love prophesying together because often you, that sparks you. 
and and we you know it says in the word we prophesy in part we never have the full picture so when we prophesy in team that's a wonderful thing of of being able to sort of um, back each other and cheer each other and and then add to it so and then we can use this gift for way beyond here and um, that's a wonderful thing isn't it that god is speaking to us and through us every day we can give uh, the preferable future to somebody who doesn't know jesus we can we can talk about um bring out the gold in them and encourage them and so this activation is going to um assist you in this so um i think it would be helpful to be in groups of three or four and so it's going to take a bit longer but we're going to use the name activation so you know i often try and ask um names of waiters or people that serve us and often in that god can speak to you about speaking the preferable future to them so an example here is actually our middle son is called christopher and it's it means he who carries christ in his heart so in the name you can use what it means so often say with an african name i'd say do you know what that means in fact, uh, where is Etienne? Is he here? He was here. We prophesied over Etienne the other day, and his name means crown. We prophesied that over him. Um, and then you can perhaps, um, in that name, perhaps think of somebody like that name. So Christopher Columbus was an explorer, an adventurer. You could speak that. You could ask God, do you want to speak something like that over that person? And then um, in our family, our youngest used to call Christopher Fisher because he couldn't say Christopher. Fisher, Fisher, Fisher. And so when we've done this before, we've, you know, you could be a fisher of men. Do you see what I mean, how you can use the name? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> and then, then you can be open to when you go into places, say, notice their name. God, what are you saying through their name? Something very powerful about speaking your ne- names over people. Why, did, why were they called that? There's something very powerful about that. It's all about identity. And um, we did this, we used this actual um, activation with the name Christopher at a, um, a little conference we did last year in Horsham. And somebody came forward and he said, my name is Christopher and I've lost my sense of adventure I've, I've lost the way of god and i know god's saying to me about i need i need to step out and adventure for him again it was good wasn't it and we prayed and prophesied over him okay so um do you know what you're doing uh, you don't know what you're doing. okay split up into groups of three or four and um you're going to ask each one their name and you're going to Hear God for what He thinks, what He's saying through that name for that person. Okay? Better that you don't know. Better. So again, try and not be with your mates. No mates or dates. Three or four people.
It's much easier than you think, actually. God is speaking. Groups of three or four. Come on, you two. Here's. Come and sit here. Come on.
Okay, a few more minutes, a couple of minutes.
Okay, let's start pulling this in. Here he is. Just quickly finish off now, please. Find your seats. If you've still got some more words for people, find them afterwards. Let's pull together now, please. How was that? Did you get words? Did that work? Did God speak? Okay, come on. That's great. I mean, Lance is a great one to, you know, perfect word uh, in, the, in name, actually, because, of course, you know, God's saying he's going to use you to break open even more, to, to pierce things. And I think there's going to be a sharpening that comes that will break and, and allow you to break open even more where you are. But, I mean, that's, he's got an easy name. <laughs> Hard job, but easy name. God's anointing on you. Okay, so I'm just going to briefly talk about um, words of knowledge. So words of knowledge are knowing something about somebody that you haven't been told. So, um, and what happens with words of knowledge is, because they're so birthed from God, they arrest people. They kind of think, how do you know that? So um, the woman at the well, Jesus said, I know you know, you know the story, and she talks to him, and um, I know that you've had so many husbands, and the one you're, you're living with now is not your husband. She runs into her village and says, come back. I want to meet this person who's told me everything about myself. That's a word of knowledge. Nathaniel under the fig tree. I haven't got the scriptures, but um, oh, it is. There you go. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming and said of him, behold, in his light, in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And he said, you are the son of God. You know, that's, it's an incredibly powerful thing for people to realize they've been seen by God and heard by God. Um, I love that bit in Genesis sixteen thirteen where Hagar um, is kicked out of her home 
She's pregnant, rejected, and she's sitting in a desert, and she's sitting under a tree. I can't tell the whole story, but, you know, it didn't work out well for her. <clears throat> and, and she's sitting there feeling completely dejected. Look it up, uh, Genesis 16, verse 13. And then God sends her an angel, and she names that place the God who sees me. To me, it's just like so powerful because that is a need. And when people are hopeless and, and don't know where they're going, to have a word of knowledge that says, I'm the God who sees you can be an incredible door opener. It gets our attention. Our middle one, Christopher, now you know his name. Um, he, he, they're, all, they're all in Cape Town, but he was getting a bit tired of floppy pr- prophetic people. And um, you don't, you're not laughing. You should be laughing. You know, he was just like, um, I don't know about the prophetic mum. You know, I think he'd just seen a bit, people being a bit sort of over the top. And um, I was actually staying with Milani. So I came through town, picked him up the next day, and he got in the car, mum. He'd gone to a prophetic meeting, and the guy had pointed him out and said to him, you're in the rhythm section. He's a drummer. And they, yes, yes, I am. And then he started talking to him and said, and God's going to use, you're a leader, and God's going to use you to affect the rhythms of this continent. He would not have listened to that if that word of knowledge had not come, because he, this guy didn't know him from anything. And all his mates were on, yes, 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 he's a, you know. So that's what happens when we bring a word of knowledge. And sometimes God gives us a word of knowledge about some, somebody or something, and we have to say to God, what, what do I do with this? Do I come in an opposite spirit? Do I pray? I don't necessarily need to bring it. So us, again, it's all about timing and being in the Holy Spirit. Um, St. Nicholas, who morphed into Father Christmas, um, <clears throat> yeah, no children, right? Um, and it, um, lived in an, I think it was an Austrian village. Um, you know, centuries ago, and, and children were going missing. And he asked the Lord, what? Why are they going? And the Lord gave him a picture of pickle barrels. And they're actually being smuggled out in pickle barrels. And um, he went to the elders of the, you know, the leaders of the town, and they found that out and, and, and saved. So somebody, I was listening to somebody speaking about word of knowledge, and he just thought, well, if, if God can do it for St. Nicholas, then God can do it for me. And, and in America, um, there's pictures in Walmart and on milk cartons of people that are being um, uh, missing. And about 2,000 children go missing a day in, in um, America, some because of divorce situations, but some because they just get taken. And so he, got, he was teaching the prophetic. So he got his prophetic uh, people... To, he got a few of these names. He just thought, well, let's try it. So he, and there's this one girl who'd been missing. Apparently, if you've been missing for more than 48 hours, there's, there's not a lot of hope. So she'd been missing for quite a long time. And they prayed and asked for words of knowledge. And they found this girl. And so um, somebody in the church was in the police, and he just came up. He said, I hear you've been having a bit of success with words of knowledge. I'm really wor- we're really worried about this young man. He's, he's um, mentally disabled. He's been missing for just under 48 hours. 
um, can you pray? So they prayed and they sort of got correlating words of, of knowledge and they went back to this man who went to the family and said, it's um, a green door, it's a, a family you know and the, the street starts with J. And it was on the street of Jefferson, it was a green door and it was a family they knew they found a child. That's the word of knowledge that can break open stuff. In, in Joburg, I had a, a little prophetic group, as I do here, um, and we just used to meet and just sort of stir each other up. And one of the girls worked in, in trafficking, um, and we started praying about certain issues that were, there was a, a problem in Joburg Airport. They wouldn't let some of the, um, you know, they observe people as they come through, and they wouldn't let the observers in because of issues and we just prayed what was stopping that we had words of knowledge and also in that time they smashed a big ring and and you know some of those were words of knowledge that we brought to this girl and she brought it to the the leader so what i'm saying is these we can affect things because god wants to bring freedom freedom personally but freedom in a much bigger sphere as well if we just sometimes it's just practicing, practicing hearing God and and um, responding. Um, a friend of our daughter's came to stay. She was on, I think she's on her way through from Zim or something, and she came to stay for one night. And she was just, we're just talking about the prophetic, and she said, you know, um, one night I woke up and I asked the Lord, why have I woken up in the middle of the night? And God said to her, pray against a terrorist attack. And um, a few days later, well, in fact, I think it was that day or something, there was an unexploded bomb on um, a tube. I think it was Parsons Green, quite near where she lived. And the terrorists were found in a couple of streets where she lived. So who knows that when a thought drops into your mind, why, you know, why? Maybe you need to pray because God's asking you to, to shift something. I just have to share this one because I don't think I ever have. But I was actually praying. It was a number of years ago. And I was just praying. And my uncle came up. Oh, this is weird, okay? So I just started praying with my uncle. While I'm praying, my phone goes off. I'm like, oh, I've got to put it on silent. And I look and it's my other uncle who works for, who works for recording. And I'm like, oh, ah, no, no, I'm going to pray now. Okay, let me just quickly take it and I can pray. So he phones me in hysterics. And he's like, Corey has just been shot five times. At the garage, they owned a garage and people came in and tried to rob him. Uh, five times, eight, eight holes. So three of the bullets went straight through. So he was in emergency. He said, do you want to come through because we were a good relationship? And I'm like, look, man, there's nothing, there's nothing more I can do. I was actually just praying for you guys. Let me continue to pray. So I continued to pray. Sure. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm in my early 20s. And um, long story short, the doctor who was overseeing this whole operation said, sir, are you a believer? Because you should be. Because three of the bullets that went straight through him should have hit the heart. It's almost like the heart was moved away. The kidney was moved away. The things were, it was supposed to be, the holes went straight through. And long story short, it was just, for me, it was like such an incredible stir of my faith. It's like, wow, in that moment, what Liz is saying, if maybe a name just pops up and you don't know why, just, just pray. Just pray. And it's actually just a good reminder for me once again. And God saved his life. And today, you know, he loves God. He serves him. He testified with, you know, bullet holes in his, and he showed people, look, thick, this one, like one in his neck. I mean, you know, right through and, and so forth. So this is, this is real. Let's, let's hear God and do something about it.
Do you want to show something? No, um, they just came up, and I just, I just prayed for them. I must confess, I mean, the news afterwards was so shocking for me, and the fact that I was actually just praying was such a massive surprise. Um, I can't exactly remember what I was praying for, um, but just reflecting on it, I can't say that I knew pray for protection. They just came up, and I just prayed for them, you know, because um, at that stage, they weren't saved. Uh, that uncle specifically, uh, I mean, my granddad, he loved God, and he ate kids, and, but Corey rebelled. He had the biggest bikers, you know, wedding ever known to Cape Town. That kind of guy, he was not, he was not serving God. He was fully backslid, kind of against, you know, church and Christians and that kind of thing. So I just prayed for him. Nothing, nothing special there, I think. So sometimes you just have to step out. You might not always be right, but step out because um, we learn. And the more we do this, the more we will sort of think, oh, yeah, that is... That is God. Oh, yes, I can, I can feel it. So, Anasi, would you just very quickly, very quickly, just want to share a quick, quick. Um, she, uh, so, see where is, <coughs> she's got a, uh, just a quick testimony on. I'm trying to talk super fast. So, we've been praying for the people in our complex to get saved. And a few weeks ago, I was quite ill. And the ladies had organized, like, a gathering for us to meet. And I went, even though I was feeling like nonsense. And um, one of the ladies, um, you know, starts telling us how she's seeing this tarot card reader that's changing her life. And I just had faith to pray. And I said, God, give me something. You are better and bigger than a tarot card reader. You are the creator of the universe. You know her. And I just felt and I just shared it. And I said to her, um, let's call her Mary. Um, I just feel to tell you that what happened in primary school with this girl, and I had a specific name, um, that wasn't God's heart for you. And she just, like, knelt down and started weeping. And, you know, how did you know? How is it possible you were not there? And I just said, that's the God I serve. That's why you see me every Sunday going to church. And it's just opened, like, even more opportunities for us to pray with her and share the gospel with her. So you never know how God can use you. Thank you. He is the God who sees us. Let's bring that message of hope to everybody.